0: I don't know if you watched last night as Cindy Clausen was talking about her testimony, basically. Anybody see that? Some of you? Yeah, like last night, um, you know, people always talk about how Canadians are not very expressive, right? Canadians kind of calm in comparison with Americans, which, by the way, we were talking last night in our small group, we think that this has totally changed since I first came to Canada. I think when I came to Canada in 1986, Canadians are a lot more reserved than they are now. Now, with the Olympics or whatever is going on, it seems to me like Canadians are far more um, patriotic and energetic, and there's just something that goes on with this Olympics where people are expressing themselves in, in, with great emotion, and so Cindy Clawson last night was having a chance to be interviewed with respect to her faith, and she was very open, very uh, kind of charismatic in her presentation in terms of her faith, praying, uh, showed herself, uh, like they showed her reading her Bible, she was talking about a, an accident that her sister had been in, uh, her sister was in Winnipeg and had gone over a, a guardrail and the car had landed upside down in the water, and Uh, It was kind of a miracle that her sister lived through all of that. She was at that time in Europe and had to be called back. And she just talked about uh, testimony about how God worked through that whole event and how God is with her so much in her life. And she's reading uh, her Bible all the time and praying. It was just, it was really a neat expression of faith. And we don't see that expressed that often Uh, on television, especially. Someone just giving that kind of testimony of faith uh, in a very... Um, sincere, mature kind of way. And it was absolutely wonderful. If you if you didn't have a chance to see who or didn't know who Cindy Clausen was before, I hope that you will know who she is now, at least with respect to her faith. It was absolutely wonderful. Um, turn to Ephesians chapter 1. You will remember that last time when I had a piece of drywall up here, that I did my best to try and draw. But it was terrible. So this time, I I took some time beforehand to draw so that it would at least be somehow presentable. Maybe someone would be able to identify what this is all about. There is one part I want to draw, though, here at the beginning, and that is this thing that goes on top of the mountain. In case you can't tell what this is, there's a foundation for the mountain that we're gonna talk about in just a moment. And then there is this foundation, which is the the foundation or the not the foundation, but the mountain which is the holy temple of the Lord being built up. And then there is this notion of a of us being the holy temple of God. Now watch this, I practice this. Huh? Huh? Like Can you tell I worked on it? I don't think I've improved much since about third grade. I think it's still the same kind of thing. Anyway, we are, the idea is that, according to Paul, that we are this holy temple in the Lord. So you can imagine, this doesn't look that much different than the temple. And so here's a, a mountain, and we sit as this at the top of the mountain, the holy temple of the Lord. But there's obviously this foundation that is underneath us. And if you'll remember, last time that I was here anyway, I was near last week, we talked about... This passage, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3-14, through 14, as being the foundation on which the unified temple, being built together in the Lord, gets built. So this morning, what I want to do is I want to go through and look specifically at this foundation. It is a beautiful foundation that God has laid for us. So let's uh, read this together. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for giving us this passage of scripture. Thank you for giving us here your word. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege we have of drinking deeply today from the Spirit as you teach us, as you inform us as to what this foundation is by which you've built your temple, the temple which is us, we, your holy temple in the Lord, raised up to give you praise. Help us, Father, to get some insights into this today and in the process to grow. It's through Christ we pray. Amen. There are about four things that I want to tell you today about this passage. The first is, is that this foundation, which is in fact, I think, Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, the foundation is made up of two major chief cornerstones. We talk about Christ being the chief cornerstone. I think there are kind of two cornerstones that get mentioned in this passage. The first one is the notion of who the Father is. And we see this in about three or four different places. For example, in verse 3, specifically says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. God is the one who supplies us with the spiritual blessings. And so in that sense, he's the one who is the kind of the chief founder or foundation for the temple that gets built. When you look at verse 4, it says, he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In verse 5 it says he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ. And then in verse 6 it says to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. So at least four times right there at the beginning of this passage it says that God the Father is the originator of all these good things that happen to us. And that's the first thing that we need to see is that the Father himself becomes this kind of chief cornerstone or one of the chief cornerstones for building this temple in the Lord the second chief cornerstone is this expression that we keep seeing over and over again in these verses the idea of being in Christ last time I mentioned that this happens over and over again and indeed it does In verse 3, you're going to see that expression. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing in Christ. In verse 4, it says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. In verse 5, it says, He predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ. In verse 6, it says, To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one that he loves. In verse 7, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood. And it's through his blood that this occurs. In verse 9, And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. In verse 10, Even Christ is the one who uh, will bring everything together under one head. Uh, In verse 11, In him we also are chosen. In verse 12, It's in Christ that we have hope. In verse 13, Again, it's in Christ and it's in him. Do you see that? It's in Christ, in Him, through Him, in Christ, in Him, through Him. About nine or ten times in this passage, it uses that expression. In Christ, through Christ, in Him. And that expression of being in Christ becomes, again, a foundation for what we are in the Lord. And so this holy temple that Paul's going to talk about in the rest of the book of Ephesians, which we are seems to me to be grounded in two major places at least. One is this father. He is the one who does all of this, appointing us to be in Christ. And the second one is just this phrase of being in Christ. That seems also to be key. Now that's important. That means that if the church is going to be all that the church needs to be, if we're going to grow and become all that we need to be, we need to know the foundation and apply ourselves to that foundation. That means that if there's things to know about being in Christ, we need to know them. If we need to better understand who God is, we need to better understand him. Because to know Christ and to understand his Father is crucial to what this holy temple is going to be in the Lord. So that's the first two things I wanted to say about the passage. The third is this there are over and over again blessed, mentioned in here the blessings that we receive by being in Christ. Notice the first verse in verse 3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So it's the Father who blesses us in Christ with every spiritual blessing, he says, which will allow us to become what God wants us to be. And then he goes through the rest of the verses, in verses 3 through 14, and he enumerates specifically what those blessings are. Now I've asked Stephanie Lazert. Where's Stephanie? Please come up here. I've asked her. You can just stand here at the podium, okay, and read this text. This is Ephesians 3, 1 through 14. The
1: whole thing.
0: That's the whole thing. Do I
1: have to emphasize the certain words? Yet? Yes,
0: you do. I okay. want you to emphasize certain words. Okay. <laughs> what I've asked her to do is to focus specifically on the things that God has given us in Christ through uh, the blessings, these spiritual blessings that come to us. So God is the one who gives. He's this foundation here. The Father is the one who gives. And he gives us these spiritual blessings, numerous spiritual blessings specifically in Christ, And as you read this, what I want you to do is I want you to read through the text, and when you come to something that sounds like a, a verb, something that you think God has done for us, I want you to stop and I want you to point that out to me and say, this is what I think God has done for us. Okay? okay. And I think you're going to do outstandingly well. Okay. If you don't know Stephanie, Hi. Stephanie is a student of mine at ABC. Uh-huh. She uh, had a class with me last semester. She's got a class with me this semester. She's a very good student, and I have no doubts but that she's going to do very well with this.
1: so glad that you think I can read,
0: <laughs> I think you can do this. Go ahead.
1: Um, praise be to God and, fo- and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us.
0: Okay, Indeed. He has blessed us. In fact, that is one of the big ones that is there. Okay, He blesses us with every spiritual blessing. And this becomes, you remember when I did this last time, kind of one of those rocks that builds up the mountain of what we are in God. Keep going.
1: Um, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us. Chose us.
0: Okay. He chose us. Yeah. Keep going.
1: In him, before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us... Predestined?
0: Okay, keep going.
1: Um, Predestined us to be adopted. Adopted.
0: So we're adopted? Yeah. Keep going.
1: Lots of verbs. Um, As his sons, through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will... To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us, uh, given us.
0: So he's, okay, he's given us that, go ahead.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, in the one he loves. In him we have redemption, is that a verb?
0: Well, I think, <laughs> I think have redemption is. Yes. I we have redemption. <laughs> redemption is probably what we get, but I think the have part pretty verbal. Have, yes, You're so Okay. right. Um,
1: have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Okay. So we
0: also have forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Keep going.
1: Um, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. I think lavished is a verb.
0: It is. And what does he lavish? Grace. Okay. She's doing very well, don't you think? They think you're doing really well. Oh, good. <laughs> Keep going.
1: Um, lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding, and He made known to us the mystery. Made known.
0: Okay. So He reveals. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you remember from your uh, um, Revelation class what the word is for something to be made known, something to be revealed? Uh, this is totally. A, this is totally off the top of the head. So we'll see how she does. Apocalypse. Oh, very good. Where'd it go? She nailed it. Mm-hmm. Apocalypsis has to do like, the the book of Revelation is called the Apocalypse. And, it's, like, we get all excited about that word in our society. Like, it's this big, fantastic image. But all it means is to make something known or to reveal something. So, way to go. Okay, keep going. Uh,
1: are we at verse 9? Yes, made known. Made okay. known. As, okay. um, the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. So, he purposed... In Christ. Mm -hmm. Go ahead.
1: To be put into effect. Put into effect.
0: Okay, yeah, something was put into effect.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, When the times have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together.
0: Okay, so he does that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. He He brings things together.
1: Yeah, all
0: things. You said all things. Yeah, all things. Brings all things together. Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: Under one head, even Christ. Um, In him we were also chosen.
0: Okay, we've got that one.
1: Okay. Having been predestined, which we also already have. Yes, we do. Yeah. According to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Works out? No. No. Um, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. Okay.
0: That's an interesting one. We're made to be for his glory. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, and you also were included. Included.
0: Okay. Included.
1: Included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation having believed you were marked in him
0: okay with the seal marked as one yeah very good
1: with the seal the promised holy spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance
0: okay so the spirit guarantees our inheritance yeah
1: um, until the redemption
0: redeeming okay so we end up being redeemed again we've already got that one oh.
1: <laughs> okay um of those who are god's possession
0: Okay, and then so we also are made his possession. Mm
1: -hmm. To the praise of his glory.
0: Okay, anything else? Nope. You did outstandingly well. Well, Very good. Should we give her a hand? Great job, Stephanie. She nailed it. Like every verb or kind of verbal idea there about what God has done for us in Christ is mentioned. Or she read them all and mentioned them in terms of building up this foundation for the temple and what we are in Christ. And so when we look at this, what we see is we've got God the Father who does... Many, many things for us in Christ. And he's to start to enumerate them. There is bringing all things together. He blesses us, predestines us. We're made for his glory. We become his possession. He lavished his grace on us. He makes known to us the mystery. He has given us redemption. He chose us, adopted us, gave us. He forgave us. He purposed us in Christ. He guarantees our inheritance in the Spirit. He puts things into effect. He includes us in Christ. He marks us in him with the Holy Spirit. Which means that there is... I don't know how many that is. One, two, three, four, whatever it is. All those things added up become this glorious foundation for what we are as a temple in Christ. And God is absolutely responsible for it all. God does this for you and he does this for me. And he does this specifically in Christ. Paul says. And Paul carefully weaves this section of Scripture together so that he can say this to us. You can't get this so much in the English, but I can tell you that in Greek, verses 3 through 14 are one sentence. One long sentence. And all these things of being his possession and having grace lavished on us and being predestined to him and blessed and all these things together, all of these are modifying what it is that God has done in blessing us. Because the start of the verse is, or the start of the section is in verse 3, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. You know, all the spiritual realms, all those blessings come to us. And the rest of this, after verse 3, is simply a description of all the ways in which he has blessed us. One big long sentence and it is poetic and it is beautiful and it is woven together by Paul for the purpose of drawing our attention, causing us to focus on all the glorious things that God has done for us in Christ. And so he does that and it's absolutely huge that he wants to make this so significant for us, putting it together in the way that he does. Now, last thing I want to say is this. Where is it here? Uh, I saw it. Where does it say that that we are for the praise of his glory? I thought I wrote that down. Right here? Where? Okay, made for his glory, right here. Look at verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice that the whole section starts out with praise. That gives you an idea of what Paul is trying to get done here in terms of showing us what the significant things are. He he focuses from the beginning on praise. Look at verse 6. He says that he has done all these things for us, and it says in verse 6, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one that he loves. Then look at verse 12 in order that we who are the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And then look at verse 14. Until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Now here he is building up this beautiful temple in the Lord, this mountain on which the temple is placed. And what is the purpose, clearly, since Paul says it four times, in verses 3-14 through 14, what ultimately is the purpose of all of, the, uh, all of us who receive these blessings from him for the praise of his glory so what we find is God being the foundation and Christ the foundation for what we become in him all to his glorious praise now this is really cool I don't know if you've ever thought to yourself, I don't amount to much. My life is not what I want it to be. Things could be better for me. Or I don't have that much value. Or people don't value me as much as I'd like to be valued. What Paul says here is that you were created in Christ by God specifically for the praise and the glory of God. You talk about a self-esteem builder. If you ever had any question about whether or not you had a role to play in our world, whether or not you had a role to play in the body of Christ, whether or not you had any significance, let me tell you, your significance is right there. Because the Bible clearly says, Paul clearly says that what you are is God's praise and glory and all the beautiful things that he has done for us in Jesus contribute to you becoming what God wants you to be in terms of praising him so we're given this beautiful foundation and through it we become a holy temple to the Lord now don't you want to be Don't you want to be the fulfillment of the holy temple that God wants us to be? Like, don't you want God to work within us in such a way that we absolutely represent everything that he dreams for us to be? That all the praise that God wants to see coming from us and from our lives as we receive these blessings from him, don't you want that all to go forth to him and be just as full of praise as it can possibly be? after what he's done for us in Jesus, don't you want your life to represent that? It can. Like, it is so easy. For those of you who don't know Jesus this morning, this is why you were created. You were created for the glory and praise of God. And in Christ, God has given you everything that you need in order to be part of this holy temple that's lifted up and praises him together in Christ. That's, that's an opportunity for you to seize. And I hope that you do. For those of us who've already seized it, who already chose Christ and are in him, I have an assignment for you. I want you to answer a question. Jason, you can put this up on the screen, sir. I want this week for you to do the same exercise that we just did. I want the church this week to spend its time in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. And I want you to go through and do exactly what Stephanie did. Go through and find the things that God has done for us in Christ. And I want you to list those. And then I want you to ask this question, number two. What do each of the things God has done in Christ specifically mean for me God has done all these things what does the fact that God has done all of these specifically mean for you I think God is expecting anticipating waiting for us to see what he's done and for us to respond how can we respond to the things that God has done in Christ. Next week. Some of you. Might have a chance to share. What it is that you think it specifically means. For you to be called in this way. To be blessed in this way. Specifically. How is, is this going to affect your life. We'll have a chance to see some people share next week. Let's pray together. Lord we thank you for the blessing. That we have received. The countless spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms that are in Christ Jesus. Thank you for blessing us like you have. You give us blessing after blessing after blessing. We've enumerated them this morning. And God, we know that all that you've done becomes the foundation for us to be all that we can be to the praise of your glory. Help us be that. Help us, Father, to praise you, to honor you, to glorify you, to be all that you want us to be. And we thank you for for providing us the means in Jesus to do this. Help us this week as we think about Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, to be transformed. Help us to reflect on what it is that we read and through your Spirit impact our hearts. It's through Christ that we pray. Amen. Let's all stand and sing, please.